WNDR. I'm talking to whoever's listening out there. What we should do, and we're going to start bringing this in while we're talking. It'll, it'll be better. Yeah, now you, have nothing, now you have nothing to say. Yeah, well, now I have nothing to say. <laughs> All right, episode 14 of this this episode-packed third season that we're in right now. Oh, my now. God, yeah. 14 whole episodes. 14 episodes. What are we, in August? Eight months, 14 episodes. We're at less than two months an episode. Two, month, two episodes a month clip. But uh, it's quality. Quality over quantity. High quality. Yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah. So, it, Welcome. Welcome back, all, all, all y'all. Um, Dutch, good to see you. Yeah, man. Welcome, um, literally welcome back. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, you know. The last last time you spoke to these people, you were uh, heading Not over to, to heading over 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 the over the pond. Mm. Yeah, it was a good time. It was nice. We hadn't seen family, obviously, because. Uh, not that you know we're the only ones, but like everybody, we hadn't seen like long distance family in, since the summer of 2019. So that was really cool, really relaxing. Um, we did nothing. Uh, my my wife, which is documented many times in this podcast, my wife's from France. We went over there. My son was there for five weeks this summer. Uh, my youngest son was there for three weeks with my wife. I was there for two weeks. Oh, I think uh, you that, have to update us. Shaft. You have to update us on the nude beach scenario. So what did we talk about, about whether or not the kids... So, all right. <laughs> you said last time you took them, uh, at least one of them was too young to give yes. a shit about titties. Yeah. So, so all right. So well, the funny thing is, there's a couple of things about that, is when you're on the highway there, um, my, my in-laws live off of A8 in France. Um, and when you're driving from... Uh, from towards Nice from her hometown, there's a sign that says Nice can like basically, you know, this exit for Nice, this exit for can type thing. But when you look at it as a, as an eight year old, like my son is, he read it as nice cans. <laughs> and he's like, he goes, he just starts like giggling. He's like, <laughs> and I'm like, what? He goes, nice cans. <laughs> I was like, Oh my God. In the 15 years we've been coming here, mm-hmm. neither me nor my wife or my even older son even put that together. And my my eight-year-old, who obviously is probably going to be a problem in a few years, yeah, looks at that and he goes, nice cans. Dude, we were laughing so hard. So if that's any indicator, he was definitely ready to notice boobies on uh, the beach. Uh-huh. And um, so the term for the trip became, yeah, these girls were out there boob naked. Boob naked. And boob naked. They were just out there boob naked. So for anybody who hasn't been over there, yeah, the beaches are topless, but it's no, they're not really topless. I, if I'm going to be honest, I think as a percentage, 5%, and that's being aggressive, of the people are topless. 5%. And of those 5%, Six. 5% of yeah. them are, men. are people who you're not interested <laughs> <laughs> are men. No, they're people you're not interested in seeing topless, you know? Like they're just not. They're 60-year-old women and if they're laying on their back, their boobs are looking to the sides, if you know what I mean. Like <laughs> they're, if they're, they're laying dog on their ears. back, yeah, their boobs are laying on their back too. <laughs> um, but that being said, Every once in a while, you do see the great white, a great white buffalo. You do see a unicorn. And there were a couple times where, like, I, I went running 
pretty much every day. <laughs> That's a bad start. <laughs> Yo, I went running pretty much every day. And the one time, I swear to God, I, I had to tell my wife about her. Like, this girl was walking on the beach, and she might as well have been on, like, a um, Victoria's Secret runway. She was a 10, and I almost fell into the ocean. Like, I, I, I mean, I didn't even feel bad about stopping and looking at her. Like, there's, it, 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 stopping and looking at her would be like walking past the Mona Lisa and then someone being like, well, you're really going to stare? You're going to stare at it? It's like, yeah, I'm great, staring at it. Look at it. I love this justification. You just compared a Victoria's yeah, Secret 100%. model to the Mona Lisa. She looked better than the Mona Lisa. It well, she, that's, she, <laughs> that's, not hard, that's not hard to do. <laughs> Most of the women on the beach look like Mona Lisa. Um, but so yeah, my kids definitely noticed. And it's funny because like the younger one, he had no problem talking about it, which you can tell he's still not like there yet. His little, Mm. he doesn't have any fuzz on his nuts yet, but the older one who's 11, you would talk to him about it. And it was like, he'd get all bashful. Like, like, like he thought we didn't notice that he knew that there were topless women on the beach, which is, you know, like that, that's pretty typical for an 11 year old. Like he's definitely, you know. But the weird thing is, is like, um, my, we, we kind of had this discussion. When is it okay? Cause there you'll have like a three-year-old and she walks around with no top on. It's not, and that's normal. there. like a little oh, kid. Right, they right, just don't right. put tops on the little kids and you're like, Oh, well it's a little kid. But then it's like this strange age where they're still young. Like they're not mature women. Yeah, and then and they're topless, and you're like, uh, no, yeah, no, yeah, that's, no, put a, that's weird. Put a top on, but then once you get to be like, you know, eighteen, then magically you're like, yeah, sure, I fully support it. Don't don't wear a top. <laughs> but what what that weird age huh. of like, you know, you gotta put a top on, and then magically yeah. like you turn eighteen, and you're like, no, it's totally acceptable. Hey, they're breasts. It's just a nipple. It's just a nipple. It's fine, right? Right, but right. It's really fucked up. It's strange. That is that is really kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a that's a really fascinating point because you never really think about that, like because no, you can't. Here, we're, we we don't do any of that here. It's like as soon as a little kid is going to the pool, you buy the two piece. Well, that kind of makes piece, and they then they always have a top on. That kind of makes me wonder when did, I mean. You know, if we went like, there's there's no way to say this without sounding weird. If we went by um, hormonal changes yeah. in a human being, mm-hmm. a girl a girl gets like her menstruation when she's about like thirteen, uh, uh, even earlier sometimes. Okay, so like eleven, and then I don't 12. know what I don't know what a guy when a guy can start. You know, I don't know. I, I don't think know. I, I think I was fourteen. I feel like I was late. Okay, I don't know. so but my point is, is that like, who came up with the? I mean, because if we went by sheer biology, yeah, you can you can physically procreate at the age of thirteen, right? That like a girl is is able, right, right. But I wonder who came up with the idea that eighteen in general, because some states and countries are different, um, was like so socially acceptable. Yeah, like think about it, if. If you were going to be a purist or a naturalist, you would say, like, look, if nature says it's okay, it's okay. Really? Well, yeah. I mean, like, if I mean, you're capable, that's, what I'm, that's kind of nature, what I'm alluding to right, in, in so, a weird way. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So we should be fine with an 11 year old having a child. And, but like, there's no fucking way that we. Uh, 
I don't think I, so. I mean, I don't, I don't think modern society, um, for, for the sake of, for the sake of like, um, mental maturity job security finances things like that that kind of element can't support itself this isn't this isn't like the time of of cavemen where you only lived to 30 and you didn't have to worry about money or a job like you just you know but then also too is like society and culture is natural like nothing that we have right now is not natural because it naturally it happened I, i believe that if it's if it exists it's it's natural it's the way it, it is supposed to be it's I don't know but you're right it's this you almost want to look at us as like are we flawed creatures like why the fuck are we capable of procreating at 11 I wonder I no wonder 11 year old could take care of a baby I wonder if as a, I wonder if as a species if we start to live to like 150 or 200 um, I mean I do think people are having babies at older ages now for sure. So, so I wonder if like, because like I was saying about cavemen, they only lived to 30. So they started probably reproducing at 13. Um, well, just because they could, and that's just what their body told them to do. But like, I wonder like, as we get older as a species, if we're going to continue to see that. So like, I think the technical physical limit limitations on a human being are actually like 150 years old. I really don't think in our current form, we can actually biologically live past 150 but let's just say we could and we figured it out i wonder if people would like go well you know the first 75 years of my life i, I want for me and <laughs> yeah, then i'll me, think about having a family i want to have fun i want to have fun yeah till 75 yeah until till my midlife crisis so i would say from from a, a life endurance standpoint that probably has something to do with it um and society well, about, i just went to the eye doctor today and my doctor she didn't want to tell me her age, but she told me I'm in your age group. Like she was just being kind of funny about it. She's like, uh-huh. I'm in your age group. And the reason she was telling me that is because she's due in October with her fourth. And I Yowzers. said to her, I was like, I said, um, you know, without, I, she's, she's a super cool. And I was kind of being tongue in cheeky with this. And I was like, so without being like overly personal, um, was this a mistake? And she's like, no. No, she's like, I, I really wish it was a mistake because, you know, it seems like it should be a mistake at my age. <laughs> but she's like, I, I have three boys and I just wanted a daughter. I wanted to take one last swing at a daughter. And that's what she said, too. She goes, I want to take a lot, one last swing at a daughter <laughs> and I'm having a boy. So I've got four boys and I'm done trying. But at this age, she's like, I got to tell you, even because but she was 34 for her first yeah, that's, that's even getting See, there. She wouldn't tell me how old her, her, her oldest so, was. She's like, but not very old. And so she's got them all close together. Yeah. So she started super late. She, she started have, later than yeah. the cavemen lived. Yeah. She might have had some twins or something. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, that's not what we're talking about today. It isn't. It isn't. <laughs> but anyway, so the trip was great. Uh, the kids have matured in the last couple of years. Um, so, uh, yeah, they noticed the boobs. So, um that's a good thing. I, guess. I think it's just a fast. I mean, you know, anybody who's listening to this podcast so far going like, what the fuck are these guys talking about? I just think it's fascinating. Like, I've always been fascinated by uh, sociology and, you know, just yeah. the way humans kind of like actualize and realize things, which is kind of what we're going to end up talking about here in a second. <laughs> but it is wild when you go somewhere else where the culture is so drastically different than here because... I mean, everything, it was funny because, you know, you go there now and it was like we, 
we were wrestling with like should we travel or not because obviously with covid you're like wondering should we just call it for another year and then go next year yeah my wife was just like not wanting to not see her mom for for like she just i don't blame her i mean it, it's been a couple of years and she already you know regrets one of her regrets of moving to the u.s is just not being close to her family i mean but when you went one of the things it's interesting is we went and there's this like worldwide thing that's happening now and we've been in the u.s this whole time dealing with it here we went over there and it's it yeah there's similarities but there's also these like very different ways like the french people though a lot you know they're probably like 10 percent behind us as far as vaccination goes 10 mm. percent is a lot where like the opposition to the vaccine was palpable like you were meeting people who were uh, very much against the vaccine where like where i live it's a pretty progressive area and you're hard pressed to find someone who like will outwardly like i think just for sheer embarrassment or they don't want to cause a problem will come out and say like no i'm against the vaccine now i know there are people here but over there we would just be you know having dinner with different people and the people we had dinner with were all vaccinated but like they all had family members including my wife who were not vaccinated and i only have one family member that's not yeah well, i think uh there's isn't that wild i mean like yeah they're it, it, it they're against it there a lot of them not the majority but a lot of them well uh, i don't want to get it's just into part of their that. culture they're very yeah. much against it like they, they've hitched their wagons to this idea that the vaccine isn't safe and it's uh, just, i mean it's there's a lot of america that's like that too, though let's face it i yeah that's kind of why i said like maybe it's just where i live i know yeah. where you live too is super like where the yeah. city I live in is over seventy percent vaccinated. Yeah, but there's there's states in our union that are like under thirty percent vaccinated. Whole states. Yeah. So I mean, like, yeah, I think it's just a, I think it's where, where you live. But that's a whole country. Yeah. It's weird. It's just weird that it's a whole country that shares values like we do as the United States and as a whole country spread out amongst the entire country. There's a lot of people who are into it wild i don't know that's something i noticed on my little trip but i mean whatever that's them that's their i mean who am i so um, anyway that's not what we're here to talk about uh though i 20 minutes later 15 minutes yeah later. but people are interested in, in in i mean what we're talking about is interesting. people are interested fuck in them. what what i do what we fuck do em. fuck them <laughs> <laughs> uh but um anyway yeah what we're here to talk about is uh family family stuff family issues um yeah, relationships. Dell comes the to me. Dell comes to me, the eleventh hour yesterday, and is like, "Hey, I can do a podcast. Like, let's get the band back to, together. Th- yeah, I get the band. Let's just do a podcast like tomorrow night." And I'm like, "What the fuck are we talking about, dude?" And he's like, "He comes up with these two brilliant ideas. They're yeah. so, they're so like, they're so uplifting, and yeah. so uh, just you know, positive, positive, and yeah, uh, super positive." One is a, is a story about families and their relationships and, and the struggle that you have, as every family does. Nothing different. Um, and the other one about a massive geopolitical <laughs> shitstorm. Shitstorm. Um, so first shitstorm is the family shitstorm. I'm going to take you guys back to a more innocent time. <laughs> um, back when things were simpler. Uh, 1989. Uh, I'm sure everybody listening right now will give you time for the get the cobwebs out. Remember where you were back in 1989. In fact, 
where you were this day. This 1989. day. August 20th, 1989. You guys know what happened? Uh, uh, what was that? Was what? Uh, 30, 40. Uh, I can't do that. <laughs> so 1990 would be 31. So 32 years ago. Okay. 32 years ago. What we're talking about is the Menendez brothers incident trial and um, the subsequent. Uh, well, I guess there were two trials that went up. So you got the two Menendez brothers. They um, admitted to killing their parents. Um, it was front page news. It was all over. It was the trial was on every station. It was kind of like the OJ trial before the OJ trial. I mean, like it really was. Do you? I don't remember a bigger thing. I mean, I was young, but I remember it. I remember kind of being a little freaked out because it was the first time where I was like, they killed their parents. Yeah. What? Like what? Mm. They killed their parents. Um, so we did I, a little bit of research on it and we kind of have a, um, I have a whole totally different understanding of it now. Yeah, me too. Cause I, I only had it from like, I sat there in my grandparents house sitting next to my paps with him being like, ah, put, put them both in the chair. Yeah. Fry them, kill them both, um, and and I was like, yeah, yeah, kill them both. Which is what I Fry think. <laughs> which is what I think is is fascinating about it. So uh, I guess I'll just dive in, and you can cut me off here a little bit. So just to give a little backstory. So from my understanding, you know, there was these two kids. Um, they killed their parents. They shot them like, uh, brutally. like Fucking brutally, brutally, like. Um, uh, they shot the dad six times, Jose uh, Mendez, Menendez, and then shot the mom like 10 times, Kitty Menendez. And Jose, the father, was like an enter- entertainment executive in Hollywood. These people were like, they had a shit ton of money and all this stuff like that. Um, and then the kids, after they shot them, they, they, well, for lack of, you know, for lack of having a million years to explain this whole thing, they called the police and when the police came, they said somebody shot our parents. Or like while they were on the phone, they're like somebody shot our parents. Our parents are dead. Blah 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 blah. And for like five years, or something, they didn't really suspect the kids of having done it. No, they, no, 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 not that long. Was it? That? No, I thought it was like six I, months. I think it's. I think it and was then long. They, then nah. they took them to. They took them to trial. The trial was, wasn't it, until '95. That was the second trial, I think. Uh, oh, okay. I think there were two trials. The first one they tried them separately, and they got a mistrial. No, they um, tried. They were. Oh, okay. I thought they were. Together I think. And then, and then the second trial, they tried them together, and they weren't allowed to bring up the whole like, "Hey, I was raped as a kid." Defense. Right. Which we'll get. Um, which. But yeah, here. But check that out. But let's talk about. So, they came home. I guess the day before, or a few days before, they went to a sporting goods store, and they bought two. Mossberg shotguns and um, then the next day their parents took them on a they chartered a yacht and took them shark fishing Uh, needless to say this family who lived in the Beverly Hills in this massive mansion it was worth uh, back in 1989 this thing was worth 10 million dollars if 
if Dutch and I were good researchers, we should have looked up to see what $10 million, a $10 million property back in 1989 in the heart of Beverly Hills would be worth now today. Right. Well, I saw uh, the thing. It's fucking gargantuan. So Yeah. Um, and um, the next day after the fishing trip, um, uh, Jose, the dad, was sitting in the room, his his one of his rooms, I'm assuming, and uh, watching TV. Son came in with a shotgun, shot him right in the back of the head. Um, apparently, he died instantly and almost decapitated him. And then they shot him a couple more times. Um, Kitty, the mom, walks in. She got shot in the arm and the leg and in the back. And she tried to get away. She slipped on her own blood. And then they ended up shooting her in the face uh, pretty much according to uh, what I was watching made her unrecognizable, though their defense attorney put that picture up during the first trial show. And I saw that picture. It was brutal. Um, yeah, it was rough. Uh, and then um, right after that, uh, the brothers kind of sat around and waited for the cops to come. Yeah. And no one came. And no one. then they decided to go to the movies and they went to see Batman which was the big blockbuster hit that summer. Um, and they went and saw the movie, and they came back. Um, at that point, they were like, all right, I guess we're going to call the cops. So they called the cops, and uh, you could hear, if you if you Google it, you can listen to the, the audio of this. And he's like, oh, somebody killed my parents. And they're like, what? Somebody killed my parents. Like, did they shoot them? Yes, they're dead, or something like that. You hear him yelling, and... The cops show up, and one of the sons is out in the front yard, like, rolling around, writhing, like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And um, that was the way it was for a little while. They thought, who the fuck killed these people? They thought by the look of the way they were shot, it might have been, like, a mob hit. Um, They started investigating whether or not Jose had some bad ties with the mob. They started looking at other business um, partners. They started looking at anybody that might have stood to gain anything from his death while they're doing this the sons they decide to go out and just start fucking spending money um they bought some high-end watches they bought some cars they start investing in businesses they were going to start i think their own entertainment type studio um one of the brothers was i guess pretty good at tennis he was ranked 44th in the nation at that point for or at one point he was he was ranked 44th in the nation for for men under 18 um they're they both didn't do really well at school but i guess one of them was going to go to ucla one of them was going to go to like a yale or stanford i mean like they were set um and uh yeah so the way they ended up like basically like i was telling dutch they scooby-dooed themselves uh, you know, the old, like, and I would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't for themselves. Um, they, one of the brothers during a, um, a therapy session. Yeah. He admitted to his therapist that he did it. And technically that therapist isn't, you know, with doctor client patient confidentiality, that doctor did not go to the cops, but you can't trust these bitches, Dutch. You cannot trust these nope. 
You can't trust them because who fucked it up for everybody? That doctor's mistress. And I guess he was fucking around on his wife. And somehow he, you know, let his mistress know. And she ran to the cops and was like, hey, hey, uh, I know who killed the Menendez parents. And um, that's the way it was. I mean, the cops at one point started suspecting them after, like during this spending spree. They actually had one of the friends of the kids wear a wire and go and ask the kids, like, hey, did you do it? And the brothers were like, one of whoever it was, was like, nah, no, nah, I didn't do it. But this therapist's mistress is the one who ratted him out. Um, and they went to trial. Now, what we can't figure out between Dutch and I is did that was I, I thought it was like six months later. For six months, they were free. Well, like clear. one of them was in Europe. So yeah, he went to Israel at a tennis tournament. Oh. That was the one who was really good at tennis. He was playing in a tennis tournament. And um, so they they arrested the one and then waited for the other one to get back from Israel. And then they arrested him. Um, but during the trial, the defense was able to get a hung jury, basically, by bringing to light all these terrible things that the parents were doing. Uh, to the kids while they were growing up. I guess the oldest Menendez brother was sexually abused by the father until he was eight and then no more. And then he didn't even realize that his younger brother brother was being abused until later. And I guess the younger brother admitted it to a cousin was like, yeah, my dad does these terrible things. And that cousin eventually testified like, yeah, back in the day, he, they, one of them told me that this father was like a monster and was abusing them like physically sexually and um the defense attorney um who was kind of a like the washington post at one point did a a spread on this female defense attorney called her like you know basically paying her accolades saying like she's just a, she's an assassin out there just crushing it for these kids and and she did her job um and it wasn't until the second trial where the judge said, look, you cannot use um, the defense that you were sexually molested and you can only use in self-defense that they were able to be put away for life. So, uh, but I, I really think it was only like a six month period from the time they killed their parents to the time of the first trial. And then it was like years until the second one. Is that, am um, I wrong with that? Did you find that? Um, interesting though for you listeners while Dutch is checking this out is yeah, th- you should check out the was it 2020 what was Barbara Walters is that her show 2020 I think you might be right yeah so I just watched the um, the the 1996 interview that Barbara Walters did with them in 20 um, okay. in 19, on 2020 and uh, it was the last time they ever saw each other in the same room until 2018 which we'll get to later um, but um, it was kind of, it was really fascinating to me because, uh, at that point, you know, their life sentence, they're, I think they're out of appeals, maybe at that point, maybe. Out of yeah. Appeals. It was, it was life without the possibility of parole. You're in jail forever. Yeah. So she does this interview. So they don't really, in my eyes, you know, unless you're a true sociopath, you don't really have anything 
to gain or lose really at that point like you did the crime everybody knows you did the crime they admitted to doing the crime they pled guilty it's not like they were you right. know trying to to get away with it at the, at that point and the interview really was hard to watch because you heard their side of all of the um, all of the 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 psychological uh issues that they went through because of what they felt was uh, caused because of the um, the the uh, abuse. sexual abuse and sexual misconduct that was, you know, uh, the rape that they went through. And what I really found fascinating about this is like, they at least the, the older brother, he really tried to make the interview sound like, like, because they get a lot of mail in jail. And he's like, look, you know, my life can have purpose. And Barbara Walters being that, wow, she was such a bitch in the interview. She's like, how? How can you how can your life have purpose? You better than parents. And he's like, Well, because every time I get a letter from somebody who's been raped by their parents, Barbara, I can tell them like this is not the path. Like, don't be afraid to go seek help. We were afraid. And he talks about how afraid they were, like their father would had threatened to kill them if they told anyone and, and they truly believed that they that he would kill them if they tried to run away. Like the one said he ran away at twelve and when the, the father, or he tried to run, he packed a bag to run away and yeah. the father stopped him or whatever and was like, if you do that, I will find you and I will kill you. And like, they believed that there was a lot of psychological trauma. So, I mean, the sad thing about it is, is that like, um, you know, these guys are young. Their whole childhoods were, if you believe them, were ruined and they, they made this mistake of lashing out in the 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 only way that they felt like they could find their freedom you know and the thing that i find sad about it is is or not sad about it but weird is 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 that if this exact same thing happened today i think you would have a completely di- because of the the society that we live in now i think you would have a completely different outcome in the trial oh, i think well, what about i mean yeah that but <laughs> There's a couple of different ways to look at this. Because I your, just, want, I just yeah, I just want to say one other thing. Because in, in the one of the Menendez brothers said in the interview too, he's like, um, one of the prosecutors tried to insinuate that he was gay, Who and was gay? If, that the one brother was gay. Okay. And if he was gay, therefore he brought this on himself, his dad abusing him, and hmm. he he somehow liked it. Like that was part of his defense, ah. and I'm saying, like, if that if that same scenario would have happened today, that would never fly in the courtroom. That would never fucking happen. You know what I mean? Well, in, in 2021, yeah, that, uh, th- that for sure, for sure. Also, let's be honest. Yes, they were wealthy, but uh, what what does that matter? Right, right. They also tried to say that too, like, "Oh, you're like, oh, you you're were spoiled. spoiled. You're spoiled." Yeah. But, but I don't think that you could be spoiled or what does broke that have poor. To do yeah, with, like exactly. What does that have to do with with any of that? Except for the fact that they they did try to say, like, "Well, the reason they killed them was to get the money." Well, what do you? I, that I don't understand because you have the money. Like that's the one thing Barbara Walters had mentioned. Um, though I didn't, I didn't find her interview as offensive as you. <laughs> yeah, but, she has some bonehead questions. I'm sorry. Um, 
I don't understand the concept of like, oh, now you have the money. They always had the money. What are you talking about? Like, yeah, their parents were rich. I guess they would have more money if they got they inherit that. But it's not like they didn't. I don't have think that's money. what that wasn't what it was for them. It was about no. I don't a, think so either. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't get the whole like, oh, yeah, you killed them for the money. What, what and we had the money to begin with. It's our parents. And from a psychological standpoint, I think the spending of the money was. I mean, think about it this way: when when you're depressed or when you're sad, what do people do? They go on fucking Amazon and try to buy their happiness. They try to go yeah. like, well, if I buy this next thing or if I buy that next thing, I, I I'm I sure just need to go shopping. I need a new pair of shoes. Yeah, that like they, I think you know because I think it was uh, Eric Menendez was saying like, I don't know why I was spending the money. I didn't even know what I was doing with the money. Like, I don't think he realizes that he was trying to get rid of the money or unload the money or try to find things to distract him from the crazy shit that he just did. You know, well, also the- too, like he made a joke to his dad's secretary because I guess at one point his dad's secretary had said to him like, oh, I don't think you're going to ever fill your dad's shoes. And he fucking wore his dad's shoes to the funeral. And he said to her like, I think I'm filling his shoes now. Oh, wow. And they looked at that like, oh, what a monster. Like, well, yeah. <laughs> if his dad was this nice guy. Right. Who right. didn't deserve anything. But if we're going to sit there and say that, well, then it's not being a monster. He just yeah. killed this dude who was raping him. And in any other fashion, people would say like, yeah, fuck that's that. Yeah, that's fucking funny. Right. You guess you, you got something uh, behind you there. Um, but yeah, so I I think that, you know, like um, it's it's a crazy, crazy story for me because I'm like, yeah, you obviously shouldn't go out there and murder people and you shouldn't kill people. But like, I'm going to tell you right now, like if if you told me that somebody raped you, I'd want to kill that person. You know what yeah, I mean? You want to because the person's a, a, a monster. I mean, like, and if how you many told times me that- have we seen a movie where like, oh, he got he got what he deserved? Yeah, like, or like, say it was your eight-year-old. Oh, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, what would the Punisher do? He'd fucking murder everyone associated with that. You know what I mean? It's not It's not necessarily a... The other thing, too, let's, while we're talking about that is... And I think this is the biggest what if. Is that, what if it was the Menendez sisters? Oh, absolutely. Or like if it was Eric the Menendez said... Menendez sisters, yeah. they would be like... like I mean, you'd have fifty percent of the nation, but that's all but, the women being like, "Well, yeah, fuck him." Well, maybe not as much in '89, but definitely now. And but here's the thing: here's the thing that I I find most troubling about this is that because it was boys and because it was a father who was a, a Beverly Hills, you know, like name and on entertainment guy and all this stuff like that. It's like they almost defended his horrible actions towards these kids because. In that era, like, like, it, it's worse to be gay and and do something to a child than than like. You, I, what am I trying to say? Like, I just like nobody wanted to believe that it was harder for people in the court to believe the child molestation thing than to say these kids are murderers. Whereas today. In 2021, they I think they'd look at the case and be like, "This is horrible. Murder's horrible. 
you murdered someone, but child molestation is is really no no better in a sense. And I think that they would have taken a completely different approach to the case. I just, I just, I. Well, I why didn't they look at it as to like what drove these kids to be this way? No normal people like they they just wanted to immediately say like, look, they're spoiled kids who are psychopaths, and they just wanted to kill their parents. Wait right. a sec. That's what I'm normal saying. Normal kids. With the vast majority of the time, a normal person driven to murder has gone through some terrible stuff. What did he go through? Right, right. It's not. And just, I think that's a yeah. valid defense. And it wasn't heard at all. At all. But today it would be. Today it would be. Which is which? Which kind of like rounds out this whole thing to the the the. It's not funny, but the interesting thing about about it is is here we are, thirty some odd years later, and. You know they have no appeals. They have life in jail and all stuff like that. And um, you have these like TikTok girls. There's a group of girls on TikTok. They've created sites and stuff like that, saying like, "Oh, this needs to be looked at again. They should be let out. They should be given a second chance because of that whole movement of like, hey, rape is wrong. Rape is a really fucking horrible crime. To destroy a child's life is one of the worst things you can possibly do." It's amazing that they weren't able to draw from any family members at all. Well, they they did in the trial. Many family members came forward and said, yeah, the father was uh, really mean to the kids. He was stern. He was tough on them. He did some out of line things, but they couldn't verify any of the sexual stuff. I mean, and how could I mean, how could they? It's not like he did it in front of them. It's not like he's going to no, admit to it, it. It's also too. It's like it. <laughs> The sexual stuff is terrible. The sexual stuff is a guarantee. But it's not like if he just stopped at the rape, it would be okay. Like, right. Take the rape out of it. It's still... Still psychological ab- abuse. It's still, it's still abuse. Yeah. And they said that the, the mom... Um, Knew about really, it. And, and also used to pop benzos. And she was an and, alcoholic. And drink. Yeah. And that she would get abusive. Um, abusive too so to think that what these kids were going through all the way up until they just broke also um, yeah also they, the, they didn't tell any friends like these kids had a hard time keeping this thing yeah well, I want to talk about like I, I wanted to ask you like a dark question yeah and it it would be more just a what if type thing, but it's tough because you and I have never been put into the situation. So it's hard to know how we would deal with it, but all things being equal, I got to say, I'd have done a better job than they did. I think so too. But, but it was interesting. Eric said that it was harder for him. It was far easier for him to admit that he murdered them and, and get that off his chest than to tell anyone that he was sexually abused. Yeah, and he was also the youngest one. Yeah. And you saw that the older brother, I think, was totally a lot more comfortable with their parents being killed. Well, it, the younger one seemed to break a little bit on it. And What's interesting, and yeah. It's fine because you have two different people who basically went through the same thing. They're not going to 
deal with it the same way. Well, interestingly, so again, not to, to get too deep into it, but apparently according to them in the story that they recap, like the older brother was out. He was like, he was going to go off to college and everything like that. He was done. But like just before he was getting ready to leave, a couple days before they murdered him, uh, Eric, the younger one, said to him like, basically was suicidal. And he claims he was suicidal. And he, he told his brother as a last ditch effort to like, you say I don't this I don't want this to ever happen again it can't happen ever again and and when his brother when the older brother found out he was like oh fuck no this can't be happening like he didn't know it was happening to him he's like yeah he didn't that's the thing is he didn't know this whole time I think I said that already like he did not know that his brother was being abused apparently and apparently like the the day before the the day the day before like um Eric went to his mother her mother his mother and like was crying and she's like what's the matter with you and he was like um you know and she goes don't you know she goes i know what's going on i know what's happening i know it's i know what's going on and she kind of like gave him the whole like deal with it get over it thing so he said in that moment he saw his mother as his father like he saw her like he loved her so dearly up until that point and he claims at that point he's like she's no different than he is because she just validated him and and then so like the next day when they murdered them, apparently it was like they I guess they went on that shark hunting trip. And then the next day, I guess dad thought he was going to get his reward. And he told Eric, he goes, I'll meet you upstairs. I'm going to you're going to come upstairs tonight. And, you know, stuff's going to happen. And and Eric had already promised himself that it was never going to happen again. Suppose. I mean, this is all what he said in the interview. So. I mean, God, that's some like crazy fucking shit that meant to have to deal with thinking you have nowhere. Yeah. And that's why I'm saying like, I want to ask you, but it's, it's totally irrelevant what you and I would do in a situation because you and I were never raped and molested or psychologically abused to the point of being like, oh, that's it. I'm going to Dick's Sporting Goods and I'm buying some shotguns and I'm going to kill my fucking parents brutally. I'll tell you what, to answer your question, your dark question. I can promise you it is so much easier to sit here at our age and go, oh, I wouldn't have done this. I wouldn't have done that. But at that age, at, yeah. at you know, 17 with all of my – I look, you know me. I don't know. You knew me at that age. I had a lot of anger in me, a lot. You remember I used to go down in my basement and hit that roll of carpet until my knuckles bled because I had so much anger for my given situation in me. And when I reflect back on that, I go like, man, my dad was an asshole, but he didn't do that stuff to me. Had he done that stuff to me, I don't know how I would have dealt with it. Man, I really well, don't. I'm not saying. I, I, Who would I have I'm, told? Yeah, but listen, I'm just saying, look, you've been pushed to the point of killing your parents. You've killed them. Okay. You killed them just like they killed them. Right. Okay. All right. Now, the house gets sold, and the assets get divided, and you've got $5 million from the house plus whatever half of whatever other assets the guy had. So let's say you've got $7 million in yeah. the bank. Yeah. Right? Because you're, you're one of the brothers, and you know, it's, it's you and me. We're brothers. We just killed our parents. You got seven million in the bank. I've got seven million in the bank. I'm just saying that, like, 
I wish, like I'm, I'm for it. Look, hey, fuck that guy. Fuck his mother too, or fuck the, the his wife too. The they're if they had just relaxed. And yeah, I don't think I think it's easier said than done. No, of I, course that's why I, yeah. I said like it's tough to say. But if they had just relaxed and been like, you know, not buy the rollies, not buy the cars, not. Uh, and you got, dude. The number one thing you gotta do when you commit a crime is like, dude, it's you and me, and we don't tell a fucking soul. You can't tell anybody. It's already bad enough. There's two brothers involved. But I mean, that's that's easy. Again, that's easier said than done for most people. Like I'd say most people because, you know, like I know I can keep a secret. I know I can definitely keep a secret. Yeah, because this is the secret you gotta keep, or you're gonna go to jail forever. But the other, but the other problem with that is that like. They're young. They did come from money. They probably went. They saw how all their friends got like their parents got away with things. They shot them twelve times. This isn't new money. Like this isn't actually like you and me getting seven million dollars. This is them having seven million dollars. They're used to having money. Yeah, but I think again, I think it was as a distraction. Like they shot them. They shot their parents twelve times. The cops never came. Fucking brutally. The cops aren't suspecting them. Time has gone by, and they're going like, "What the fuck? Like maybe, maybe we won't get caught." And but at the same time, you have this deep-seated, deep subconscious of guilt going on inside oh, the you. the mind fuck it's is It's a complete mind just, fuck. So I but, think again they started spending just to be like uh, uh, how can I how can I distract myself from that craziness that's going on in my head? Also though like the idea like they're gonna get caught even if they don't do that because dude they went to the store and bought shotguns. Yeah that's that's what I don't know. Well, these cops must have been fucking idiots. Like like you're the detective, get, it's like, you're come gonna on. get caught. Aren't you that detective? Now, it does take time. Yeah. It does take time. But you're going to go to every fucking gun store within 100 miles and been like, I need a list of every fucking firearm you sold. And I need bills of sale. And I need the fucking video footage of who came in. And yeah. Well, who, if they had I, video footage back it, then. I, I mean, it's just. Let me, let me ask you this. Um, on, I on killed the, him a different way. <laughs> on the, well, I don't think again. I don't think they were concerned about that. I think they were trying to unlock themselves from their personal hell, um, and they weren't thinking about the the repercussions at that point. But uh, as far as like being rich kids in Hollywood and then spending money as a means to like get uh, get away from it psychologically, have you ever broken up with a girlfriend and then changed your furniture, moved your furniture around in your apartment? Did you know how bad I am at breaking up with girlfriends? No, I, I, I let it fester and then I crash my car and then it turns into a huge fight. And Right. Okay. You know, so no, so that's, no, the answer is no. That's how you do it. I, I've done things in my life like when I go through something big, like I'll, I'll move the furniture a little bit. I'll clean up. I'll do something. Some people do some stupid shit and go get a tramp stamp. They get a tattoo. You know what I mean? Like people or they cut their hair off. They shave their head. Like... People do weird things to get through things. I and think I just I, I just stay up late. I binge watch shit. Yeah, that's a distraction. Uh, yeah, um, I talk to you, complain. Right. So you would have told me you couldn't have kept your secret. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, 
there's well, well, I didn't kill my girlfriend though. Yeah, but I'm just saying. My point is, is that these kids coming from an affluent, rich situation, were I mean, there's Heck no internet, not, dude. They could have done so much better. Oh. Yeah, but like, come on, dude. They were gonna get caught, let no, no matter what. Nah, they could have. Uh I just. I mean, they they're could've. already psychologically fucked up from all yeah, the stuff the that happened problem. to them. That's the problem. Is that they're already fucking. They're not in their up. rational mind. No, and that's what I wish they would have called somebody. <laughs> and that's what the point he was trying to make the Bobble Valtas is that when he was like saying like my my life can have me like because the the one guy uh, the older brother um, was like yeah I have a, a a fiance or a girlfriend now and she wants to get married. And she's like, did you meet her? after the, all this and he's like yeah and she's like she got like mad at him for trying to move on with his life and um you know like so he's like saying like well i still have a life my still life still has value we like i can help other people we get thousands of emails in here or not emails they didn't have email back then he goes we get thousands of letters in here and yeah, every keep getting mail right? and every time someone writes me in a similar situation i can help them i can ma- tell them not to make this mistake who knows they may have saved other people's lives with their letters well, are you saying that they shouldn't have been in jail? No, I'm saying Barbara Walters needs to fucking act. Like, again, Barbara, I the reason I'm pissed off at Barbara Walters is because she had the same, like, I can I could see my parents. Do you remember the time we came back from Mexico, you and I? Mm-hmm. And we bought, like, blankets down there. And yeah. I, bought, I bought, like, some knives and all this kind of shit. Like, right. we, and cigars. And we'd wrap them in the blankets to bring them across right. the border. Right. So, th- one time I brought a blanket back for my mom. And I gave her the blanket, forgot that I had a knife wrapped in it. And she opens the blanket, the knife falls out, and she goes, Oh my God, were you going to kill me with that? Like, she literally <laughs> fucking said that to me. And I'm like going to myself like, what the oh fuck God. is... Yeah, what is wrong with you, woman? But, like, Barbara Walters and the prosecutors and people back then have this opinion, this so high opinion of themselves. That they have this how dare you perspective on everyone else. And granted, yes, how dare you? You murdered your parents. How dare you? But like also like you're you're like I, it just drives me nuts how people um, think that they're above certain things when they do dirt on their own. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. But I, I'm not I mean, saying you're above murder. I'm just Barbara, saying Barbara. Like, Barbara's job was to go in there and be direct and ask like those kinds of questions. I mean, yeah, yeah, but I she but she cut the, the she cut of them off six too. Like she cut it, them it, off with a bunch of like how dare yous every once in a while, and I'm like, that's not reporting. That's not asking the tough questions. That's in that's invoking your opinion on the situation. Right. Yeah. She did. I I just didn't see. I still think that those questions need to be asked at that point because th- it was still something that in 1996, which was only six years later ish, yeah, seven seven years. Um, I guess the because the initial trial and the initial investigation was not done the way we are saying it should be done. Like our hindsight is super 2020 at this point. She's still coming at it from the sense where it's like, you killed them super hard. Do you think those kids have ever fired a gun before in their life? Oh, I don't know. 
I don't know. I mean, I had at that point, but I've never been enraged because I was raped to have to, to the point where I even wanted to kill my, anybody. Right. So let alone my parents. So I get that, but that's what she was coming at. She was saying like, dude, you guys, I mean, they must've fucking reloaded. Have you ever, have you ever, um, those shotguns didn't carry that many rounds for them to just, like, Oh no, he, yeah, he said he reloaded and killed to kill his mom. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Um, which, was it both of them? I don't remember. Was it both of them that both fired shots, or only one of them did all of it? Uh, I think they, they both. both must I think have they done both it. did. Yeah. Um, have you ever blacked out? Like not blacked out and forgotten something, but like in a moment, like forgotten yourself. I mean, I've done some stuff where, like, afterwards, I was like, "Oh Jesus." Yeah. 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 There were two two fights I was in. Defensively, I'll admit. But like fights that I was in where in the in the fight uh I had to have two s- things happen to make me snap out of n- almost not killing someone. Well, that had to be what they were in. That's but what I'm saying. Like what I want to know is continuing... like the psych up. Could you imagine the psych up to that? Yeah. Like them standing outside the fucking la- room and like psyching each other up like are we gonna do this we're gonna do this all right fucking do it we're doing it we're doing it fucking doing it smack me in the face like eric uh eric eric blames himself for it all happening and and that was another thing that was sad in the interview too eric's the older one and lyle's the younger one right no eric's the younger one oh eric was he almost like it seemed like he almost cried during an interview when he said this even all those years later he goes it's my fault it's my fault that I got Lyle involved in this because if if I wouldn't have told him what was happening to me this would have never happened so he blames himself Hmm. for it's like that's the sad part about it it's like he blames himself for telling finally telling someone and then when he finally told someone it incited this how fucked up is that man I just, it's a shame that this stuff didn't happen later because. Think about this too. I mean, not to cut you off, we but we would also, know more about it. Yeah, but also, like, these two kids, the dad's overbearing. He's not letting you do anything. He probably made him be good at tennis or else. You know, he's, he, he's, he's keeping P's and Q's on the kids because he said, if you ever tell anybody about this, I'll kill you. You know, so. They don't have anyone to turn to and talk to, so they don't. They didn't have anyone to mediate their uh, emotional and psychological problems that they were dealing with. So yeah. they thought their only solution was, well, how can we solve this problem? How can we solve? How can we break out of this? How can we get out of this? They didn't see any other way out in their minds. Eric was suicidal, according to uh, Lyle, his brother. Eric was suicidal, and Lyle was lost his fucking mind when he found out what happened to him was happening to his brother. So, I, again, I'm not excusing the, anything that they did. They fucking murdered people. But my point is, is that like I'm just so disappointed that the legal system didn't take that more into account, and that the prejudice of 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 the people of this country or whatever or the system in the '80s was such that the murder was more profound than the other crimes that were done. It's crazy too that like my grandfather, I guess I'm assuming since I was such a little kid when this happened, 
I didn't think I didn't know anything about this. All I knew was that they killed their parents and they're they were just evil people. Right. Same. But the adults who are watching the trial, they knew about all the accusations of sex sexual abuse. Which is probably why there was dis- a mistrial the first time. And, and they also, just thought that these kids were lying. I don't know if they thought they were lying per se. There was a mistrial. I think what really screwed them was the second trial. Because at the second trial, they put parameters on what the trial would be about. Um, yeah, you could not talk about the sex abuse. You could only talk about... The only defense you could basically use at that point was um, uh, self-defense. Right. And so in the first trial, I think that, that that the sexual abuse thing pulled on enough strings, like heart strings or emotional strings or whatever, for them to have a mistrial. And then the second time, they didn't have that option. Lyle uh, didn't even testify. He didn't testify. So it was like they just said, fuck it. Um, you're going, you know, death sentence or life in prison. That's all we really need to figure out here. So I'm not saying they got screwed, but they kind of got screwed. And, 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 and I'm not saying they should be free walking the streets per se, you know, but I definitely think Well, the that problem with them free walking the streets is like, you got to wonder how damaged they are. I mean, fuck, they could kill their wives. I mean, sure. And I'm not saying they're bad people. I'm saying they're fucked up. These people mutilated someone with a shotgun at point blank range. So they need, they need a lot of help. Right. Um, this is one of those things where I'm going to get a little, I'm going to be, I'm going to be a goddamn libtard on this one is that you got to think is prison the best thing for these guys. That's, or that's is, what I'm getting at. Yeah. Is, 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 a, is a small cell the, the thing? Could it be yeah. another scenario? You know? Yeah. Um, and it's weird. Cause as I get older, you, you kind of soften up in some it, matters. It, and exactly. You get, and you, I feel like it's crazy. As you get older, I become more conservative with some things and way more liberal with others. And the thing that I get more liberal with is this concept that like you, kids who make mistakes and then end up having to pay for them their whole lives. That's kind of wild to me. And then also like is really arresting somebody always the best case because they're not getting what they need to be fixed and to arrest somebody a lot in a lot of cases is it's like a punitive response to something they've done to correct the action and it if they've killed their parents yes they deserve some sort of like in our culture in our society as human beings we've decided if you kill somebody there will be punitive there there will be something that you need to be held accountable but are we keeping them locked away because they're too scary to be out on the street and in a jail cell? Like there's no rehabilitation there. Or are we trying to give them some sort of psychiatric? I don't know. It's tough. Well, that's where, that's where I feel they like did fucking kill people. And that's yeah. the worst thing you can do. And there is a crime. There is a, a debt to be paid to society for the fact that you took the lives of somebody in this case. Um, but 30 years, when well, you did it when you were a kid and it was as a result of sexual and physical and psych- psychological abuse. I don't know. I, I Now, I'm I, not a TikTok guy who wants to fuck this guy. Well, but you I can't tell me these girls would be doing the same thing if they were fat 
guys who were not attractive. I also want to say, too, that, like, I think that I hope that our society has come a ways in holding parents more accountable for the actions of their children um, or invite and vice versa. Um, but consider this, like they were how old when they did this? 21 and 18, 18 I, I right? Think 19, like that, yeah. Or, yeah. 18 or 19 or 21. They were adults is my point. They were, they were adults. And, 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 and one, and one hand adults by society standards, right. is the 18 year old. And that's what goes back to what I our tie in at the beginning right. of the show. So right. my, my point is is that like on one hand, how fucking horrible is it that the father was still raping his son that's now eighteen, a fucking adult. And that just goes to show you how imprisoned that kid felt that even as adult he couldn't escape it. One. And two, let's say they were seven seventeen and fourteen when they did this. What would the what would the trial result have been then? Is it all, yeah exactly because sure. then be like oh my god it's so horrible these are kids they were being raped as kids yeah well they were being raped as kids they just committed the murder after they were adults you know when what they I were mean old enough to buy a firearm right so it's it's really it's really uh, I'm still hung up on the fact that it, it you cannot fucking tell me that if they were girls. This would have been the same. This would have played out the same way. No fucking way. And that is unfair. Yeah, there's that. There's that. I also think that the 80s were uh, still a bit unforgiving. Guys, I mean, I'm not saying I think you're right. I think it would have been different if it was girls. But I don't know if it would have been entirely different because there wasn't any. There wasn't. We've the, done the Lorena Bobbitt fucking cast. She cut that guy's dick off. What year was that? I don't know, ninety-seven maybe. Yeah. See, again, you're getting closer. She cut his jerk off, and if it was a guy who cut off her tatas because he was mad that she was sexually abusing him, or whatever, it would be different. And I know I'm being sensationalist right now, but it's a fucking fact. I think it was 93 when she ch- she lopped his piece. His dick off. His dick off. Um, um, but, all right, 93. Dude, a lot of fucked up shit was happening in the late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, dude. Fucking Reaganomics. <laughs> no, <laughs> what? I don't know. Fucking, fucking HW. Yeah, thanks know. a lot, Jimmy Carter. Yeah. What? I think we should start doing that. Thanks a lot, George HW. We, Let's is just start our, randomly blaming... Thanks, we, Hubert Humphreys. Are we going to keep going with this podcast? Because I have a perfect transition there. We mean like we're going to keep doing the show ever, or no, just like this show? doing doing the next piece of the show. We can transition. All right, because I just mentioned George H. W. Yeah, and what Herbert did you, Walker. What did he get? What did he do? He was the head of the CIA in the nineties. Yeah, and who did he give birth to? G. W. And what did GW do? He looked for weapons of mass destruction in Iraq that didn't exist. And what did that lead to? Peace and harmony in the region. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Hall- Halliburton. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It um, led- yeah, but that was Iraq. That's that's fucking apples and oranges, dude. 
Yeah, but that, that's, a, that's apples and, and less ripe apples. So how do we get in Afghanistan? Uh, no, that was H W. Yeah, that's that's what I'm, that's what I was. Oh, kind okay. of yeah. Yeah, well, that's not that G W. Uh, didn't have anything to do with Afghanistan. Here's what I want to say about uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk very briefly about Afghanistan. I'm just gonna say this: I didn't serve. I have friends that served in Afghanistan. I didn't serve, so take what I say with a grain of salt. I don't have the experience over there. But I, I would I would say this about like people going like um, like looking for somebody to blame like as far as like the timing of getting out. Look at man. Bush got us in. He didn't want to take the blame. The next president wasn't going to be like, "Yeah, well, I'll I'll pull this out and take the blame." No. The next guy was like, I'm like, like, and you get to uh, uh, Obama. Obama's like, I'm not going to fucking take the blame. I'm the first black president. They're never going to let me do that. Could you imagine? Yeah. Could you fucking imagine if he did it? That's what I'm saying. Like, there was nobody that was going to take the blame for this thing that was inevitable. And finally, we get to the Trump Biden scenario where they realize that enough people go, like, hey, we, we need to. You know, like yeah. the people are saying, like we need to get out of there. Not the po- right. politicians, not the war machine. No, it's just becoming so. It's becoming so like socially un. It's socially everybody it, is nobody's in support of it anymore. Exactly. So you get the Trump Biden, and they're they're finally like listening to the people going like, all right, yeah, well, I guess uh, we've been there what oh, twenty years. Uh, we've accomplished. <laughs> That's long enough. <laughs> you know, nothing. But you know, so they finally pull it out, and nobody was ever going to look like the good guy doing that on the political side of things or the war machine side of things. But I just want to say that um, I know a lot of people feel different ways about this. A lot of people are upset about it. And a lot of people are glad and in some ways. And then there's the whole like debacle of like, you know, getting out the people who helped us. And I think that that's causing a lot of strife along amongst the soldiers, you know, the getting the translators out that helped them while they were there. We made this promise to them. What I what I would say about this is that like you're not going to please everyone. Nobody's definitely not going to be happy about it. Um, but the way things went down, um from my understanding, you know, the deal that Trump made with the Taliban, he said, look, no more firing on our troops. And I promise you we'll be out of there by May 1st um, or whatever the date was. And so what was Biden going to do? Go back on that. And because if he would have, they would have started firing and then we would have had to move more troops over there because it would have been war again. So he had to, he had to, to, to make good on that because he knew that continuing the war was not the thing to do. And yes, a lot of people, I think, are going to struggle with the fact that we did not ultimately succeed in bringing peace to Afghanistan. Like that was <laughs> not going to happen. That was not going to happen. And the people, the the, the, the the soldiers of Afghanistan that, that we gave guns to and trained to didn't do their part. They didn't finish the fight. They weren't going to finish the fight. And, you know, I think it's hard for a lot of people who know somebody that they lost over there or that spent a lot of time over there or went through something traumatic over there. Um, It's hard for them to accept that in a matter of words, it almost seems like it was for nothing. Um, It was for nothing. Yeah. I mean, that's hard to accept. And I I broached this topic with you by saying um, uh, there's not been a lot of wars that 
the common person knows of that the United States has lost. There have been, I mean, obviously everybody knows Vietnam, but there have been wars prior to Vietnam that the, this country has lost, but they're, they're kind of buried in history for, for the most part. You know, you, you have to go, oh yeah, yeah, that led to this and that led to this and we lost that war. But over the hundreds of years in modern history, um, un- unfortunately, I, you, we didn't lose the war, but we lost the cause. Yeah, but this is like a war that couldn't be won because if you have like a force like um, like the Axis power, you have like Germany, if and you have Japan, and you get them to stop doing what they're doing, then that's the end of the war. But in this case, you just have a. It's we're not at war with Afghanistan. We're not at war with a government. Right. We're not at war with it's a group of people with an ideology within a country or within multiple countries and they just like you're not gonna eradicate it. It's a cancer. That's what it is. And th- so the people are never gonna go away. You can't you're not gonna change somebody's ideology. And if you don't have a government stop doing what it's doing, then that's not like Japan. They dropped a couple bombs on Japan and the government decided to stop sending troops to different places. So the government just said, all right, we're done. The government spoke for the group of the people. There's no central government of the Taliban. There's just a, there's just people with ideologies and they keep spreading those ideologies to young people and it just keeps going and going and going. It's not in one place. It's not localized. It's not like Japan and Germany had borders. And that's not the way this works. That the thing that's really unfortunate from what I've seen in my ignorant, and I didn't serve either. Um, I, I did have a really interesting, I, I had a beer with a buddy of mine who's, um, he's in the Marine Corps and um, he works at the Pentagon and has some access to some bright people. And what is shocking is back in June, when we had already known that like, okay, we're, we're really ramping down now and people are being pulled out. He told me, he was like, Hey, he said, mark my words in less than three months, this will be an absolute disaster. He said, when the United States leaves Afghanistan, this will be an absolute disaster. He's like, it, it, there's no other way it's going to happen. He said, the people that are there, will be, as soon as we're not there to protect them, they will immediately be found out, oh, you helped the U.S., oh, you helped this country, you helped NATO with this, you're dead, your family's dead. He's like, the only thing stopping them is that if we're there. The problem is, is like, what, are we going to be there forever? Right. Like he understood. It's like, we can't. Team America World Police. Like, you just can't be there. But it's not just America, it's everyone. Like, right. you can't pull out. NATO can't pull out. And, of course, U.S. is is the driving force behind NATO. I mean, but the, what bothers me and what, and I'm not smart enough to understand it. And I, I, I am not going to pretend to been able to know how to handle it better is that it just seems to me that if my buddy knew this sitting at a bar with me, then everybody must've have known this. Why didn't, if Biden was going to keep on Trump's promise, why didn't, ahead of time 
we pull out the people that need to be pulled out. Why didn't, as a State Department, we tell the Americans that were there and start providing them with safe transport to the airport or any military base, get the fuck out because we are leaving. And when we leave, this is going to turn into another fucking Benghazi. This is going to well, turn into another Libya. This is going to, like, I have so, to. I why? Have, I have to believe... In some in some degree of what he said over the past couple of days, there's a, a, a at least a monicum of truth. When like several months ago, he literally said, "This isn't going to be like Saigon. There's not going to be a helicopter uh, flying to the capital to pull people off the roof." And, and that's exactly what happened, um, or to the palace. Um, that's exactly what happened. So the fact that that that's the case, um, he claims that his expectation or whoever's expectation wasn't that the Afghan uh, fighters that they trained wouldn't literally just put their guns down and walk off the battlefield when the United States started pulling out. And that's, See, that's exactly what I don't understand what they is did. how he didn't know that when I don't I know. Talk to that's, and they knew yeah. it. it's like, if you're on the ground, mm -hmm. where's the disconnect? Those people who were training those guys know that, they all have family. Oh, there's definitely a disconnect. I would say it's it's in the political realm. It's crazy because anybody who's there on the ground and working with those people know that like they're fine as long as you stay there and and promise that 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 these zealots, these warlords aren't going to come in and fucking terrorize my my town because I'm seen and I'm known as somebody who has helped the the West. Yeah, this is what frustrates the fuck out of me with politics and the late the 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 filibustering of politics saying like we'll figure it out tomorrow because we're not gonna do shit about it today. We need to make each other look bad. So yeah, the top brass on the ground might be going like this needs to happen now. And then it gets to it gets to Washington and they go like, Well, we need to debate about it because we wanna put an infrastructure bill in here and do this and this is more important right now. And before you know it, guess what? Everybody's fucked. The one thing I want to say, though, about this horrible scenario that's going on at the airports where people are, like, trying to get on these planes and can't get on these planes. And then you got all these fucking Americans, like, over here going, like, like, um, like people who have never served, never seen, you know, boots on the ground action or anything like that going, like, giving their opinion um, you got these CNN reporters like going like, and here's the scene on the ground and this just happened. This is horrible. And then all these pundits on fucking TV going like, I don't understand why they can't just get these people uh, on the other side of the fence if they have their passport and they did it. And I'm like, going, oh, yeah. and I'm going like, motherfucker, this time last year, you were beating the shit out of each other in a fucking department store for toilet paper. And you think that it's going to be in a country like that? You think it's going to be all organized? You think everybody's just going to stand in a single file fucking line to get on a plane? Dude, they can't even... The problem is is that without military support, they can't get from the town they live in to the airport yeah. without being stopped right. by the Taliban. And yeah. which is... Do you know how fucking frightening that must be? Like, you're not going to even take the trip with your family. I'm not driving on that fucking highway knowing that I'm going to be stopped and at best get the shit beat out of me and told to go home. Right. If at worst my daughter taken and raped or my getting fucking killed, like it bothers me though when I see France and Italy or whatever over there getting their people out 
And they're just like, look, all right, fucking hands up in the air. Let's just get over there and get our people out. And we are over here just like afraid to make some sort of like decision that like it. Listen, you already pulled out. You made that decision. Like right now, it's a fucking you got to plug the dam up before the whole fucking thing goes, because we are going to this will be another Benghazi. This is going to be something where we are going to lose people. Like Americans are going to die. So, I think that's it, that's the the fear, though. I mean, like, look at this. That, and, but that's the problem is that yeah, we and and Benghazi happened because we we drug our feet. Yeah, and but this is the politics. Yeah, right. There was a whole commission done, and it was found that like, look, we knew that Benghazi happened not because of a bunch of protesters were upset about some Muhammad being detected uh, depicted in a cartoon which is what we were fed at first like oh uh, this just came out of nowhere there was no way for us to know fuck that you knew right. and there was an 800 page report that showed you knew now I'm not saying let's string Hillary Clinton up by the and it's all but her that's fault that's exactly that, that's, that's what, nonsense yeah I'm not saying that I'm saying it was failed leadership from the top to the bottom just yep. like this is is going to be it, and it, it I'm not just blaming only Biden right right this is something that started with Trump well let's just say it started with Trump because he's the first president any anywhere recently who said look we're going to start ramping things down but people have went to him and said look we need to keep some small group elite forces on the ground to keep things going we can pull out the massive numbers of general soldiers, but we need to keep small elite units there. And fine, that's great. Nothing really happened. He made some plan with the Taliban. Do you know what's kind of fun too is that he gets to make that plan and then fucking leave. Oh, uh, totally. It would be interesting to see. Can you imagine what, what he would, would be doing with this still... situation right now? Yeah. What he would be doing right now also wouldn't be good because what he would be doing is my guess. He would have brought as... more troops back in. He did bring more troops back in. Well, uh, he would be bombing them right now. Yeah. Which yeah. then would be right. doing what he blamed Obama for doing, which Obama's famous for the drone strikes and killing innocent people. And, you know, which we kind of learned from and Trump la- like just crushed him for that and just Trump. shit all over him for that. And then now Trump makes this plan and it's almost lucky for him that he didn't get reelected because yeah. now somebody else is following through. Now, I think Biden's biggest problem is he just I, I can't imagine somebody not checking him. I, I don't also want to think that it was 100 percent his idea, but I can't imagine someone not checking him being like, bro, listen, with all due respect, we cannot just fucking cold turkey, pull everybody out. It will be a fucking disaster. But he did it anyway. And then what bothers me is like, fine, do that. Now you've seen what's going to happen. Now at this point, I'm not saying bomb everybody, but you need to fucking go in and at least, like you said, the people who helped us, the American citizens and their families that are there, whatever needs to be done, they need to be rescued and we need to get the fuck out of there. Like you want to pull out? Fine. There's there's a lot more that we don't know too. Like uh, he, he alluded to in his speech today. He's like, 
we're in constant contact with the Taliban. Whatever that means, because you said, like they said, they don't have a government. But he's like, we're in constant contact with the Taliban. So there must be some kind of communication going it's on go- that they're trying to work out. More, one of the coolest books I ever read, it was called Ghost Wars. And it was basically the entire history of the CIA-funded wars that have been going on behind closed doors from back in the 80s all the way until 9-11, what led to basically 9-11. It was so, it was really, really interesting about basically the flip-flopping of whose side we were on and who we were funding and then not funding and then basically how that turned into Al-Qaeda and it's incredible. But what's going to happen now if we pull out, which is probably going to happen, they're going to open up the budget, they're going to give them a gazillion dollars and it's going to be another 10, 20, 30 years of ghost wars of us being there in the background without an official presence, just trying to make sure that this doesn't just be another safe haven and harbor of terrorists. So what you're saying is there's only really one way to get the remaining interpreters and translators out. One man. There's only one way. Listen. I mean, the, the U.S. needs to give them a war they won't believe. There's nothing upstream of death. It's an, they need to send a guy in there who's fired a few shots. You go up, you go in there, you better bring a fucking army. A <laughs> whole lot of body bags. You know, just yeah. God forbid that guy's colonel gets taken captive behind Afghan lines. Cause That's what I'm saying, man. Do you think a shit storm's going to happen now? There's only one way to get him back. Dutch and I have talked about this. In the whole modern history of the u.s afghan relations only one, one fucking man. person has ever done it the right way one then and that's going to lead us into our next watch along you get them right fuck john, john rambo the greatest utterance of those two words in cinematic history took fuck place him. on an afghan battlefield exactly with a uh, john rambo John Rambo and his old buddy, Colonel Troutman. Fuck God rest him. his soul. John Rambo. We'll talk about it when we did a watch along, but he's fucking the two of them face to face against the against the whole army. That's basically that's basically what they went to Trump with. And they were like, look, we need we need a bunch of John Rambos in there. Keep keeping shit straight with those Afghans playing. Uh, what's <laughs> what's what's the name of that game? <laughs> Oh, I have no idea. Dead, dead sheep game. Dude, you know somewhere right now, right now somewhere, Stallone is going like, Yes. Like, I can do this. I can yeah. write this. I can yeah, go he, back. I still have friends there in the whatever that army was. The, the Mujahideen. The, is that what they were? Well, Mujahideen yeah. is the holy war that they were fighting. I think it's yeah, the that's word for was, holy yeah. war or something. But yeah, I... I, it's a shame that he did Rambo Five. He's not dead. He he healed himself up and he said, "Fuck this place." And there's he nothing, rode off. There's nothing here for me anymore. I'm going back to Afghanistan. Could you imagine if that's what he did? Is he <laughs> left Arizona? He's stick fighting again. And he went to Taiwan to get back in shape to <laughs> stick fight over there, wherever he was. And uh, it's time to come full circle, Johnny. He came, he, dude. He went full circle. He went around that circle four times at this point. <laughs> He's um, doing he's doing laps. He's doing laps around the track. That's a circle he's running. <laughs> um 
But I, I just, I, what the one thing that is tough for me is as I, because I don't understand enough about it, is that it's weird because I'm a hundred percent for not having a massive military presence in Afghanistan. But then, from what I'm told, is if you don't have a military presence there, since then you're basically allowing this whole region to be like a safe haven for just terrorists. It's it's so beyond fucked, dude. Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. It's, it's There's nothing fucked. you could do to be like to to make it to make it work. I and apparently, again, I'm not blaming the people of the country, but we gave them some opportunity to fight for their freedom or yeah, demo- dude, All right, all right. Let me let me say something here though. Saying that mm-hmm. is akin to and this is what my buddy told me is that saying that is like a white person saying yeah i get that i get that about like you 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 take as a as a white person who grew up with opportunity and then you're looking at like southern south side of chicago and you sit and you're like i don't understand why can't they just not be violent I mean, we're giving them all this opportunity. We're giving them, they have schools and it's like, yes. Okay. Yeah. I, you're, I get, you're, I you're see not that taking point. into account the entire history and the culture of those people. And then also you have these thing where it's like, you might have a brother who has decided that that life isn't for him. And he's decided to be part of the Afghan military, uh, yeah, but, but he's I mean, got a father. Had, yeah. Who's actually, we had our civil war. I get it. Yeah, and he, but he doesn't agree. So as long as the U.S. and NATO is there, that brother can live his life and, li- and, and feel the way he does. But as soon as they're not there, his family knows exactly what the fuck he's been up to. And he doesn't want to f- – he, he can't face that. It's his family and also people yeah, I, know where he's at and they're going to fucking kill him. I get it. I get it. They, they The South won the Civil War over there. That I get it. You know what I mean? Yeah, except that that South is – is, like it's gonna capable make, and yeah. fucking scary and right. has uh and is way more uh evangelical if you will way more for the cause um it's it's a yeah it's, i know i get it i get it that I, whole 70 virgin thing and they and and the hatred towards the west that's it's wild yeah. you, and you can't shake it you can't sh- it's not like you can tell them like hey guys i Ever try? You should read this book. You might think differently. It just doesn't work that way. Right, right. Well, that's that's why I was saying. I mean, like, we won't care again until there's another terrorist attack. Then we'll go, oh, and then they'll blame. They'll look for somebody to blame. What? They'll go, oh, Biden. It's Biden's fault is, because he pulled everybody out. And it's and it's, it is, it's a never ending. It is nice that I we have the. You're right. We have the the not privilege the luxury of saying that all right come on there's no reason for us to be over there anymore but then when there's an entire area over there going completely unchecked and then some short period of time from now somebody flies a building into the new world trade center the new freedom tower and then everybody goes what the fuck what happened and then and then you know the Military minds are going to be like, well, what the fuck did you think was going to happen? But worse is because this happened under Democratic watch, you're going to have the Republicans being like, well, look what the Democrats did. And if this had happened under Trump's watch, the Democrats would be like, well, hey, 
Republicans, you got what you asked for. Like this will never, no. ever be a good thing. Like that's why it, I, that's why I'm emotionless about it because uh, I don't know how many times I have to say it on this podcast. Humans, we have every opportunity to learn from our history and from our previous mistakes, and we just refuse to do it. We refuse to do it. It's the same thing with the fucking virus and the vaccines and all that shit. We refuse to learn from any mistakes throughout history. We just always want to point the finger. It's fucking stupid. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to go too 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 much on that. Um, plus, our podcast is getting really long. Do you want? Do you have more on that? You want to go into? No, uh, I I am looking forward to the watch along that's going to be related to this because, again, if we want to look back in the past, I think in 1988, um, John Rambo showed us exactly how he handled this. I just want to say, oh yeah, I mean, like I said, there's only one man. Like I, how many times did to fucking say it? There's only one option here. Yeah. You send one man in. <laughs> Just one. Just that's all it takes too. Simple. He will he will rile, and that's what I'm trying to tell you. He will get the Afghan people all riled gonna, up again. Well he'll train them. He'll train them single. And then he'll also rescue all of the Americans that we need rescued and bring them home exactly. in a Huey exactly. smoking like half half you know, yeah. with with like a, a smoke a smoke maker shooting out the side. Yep. For some reason, he'll have multiple holes in his own body. It yeah. won't fucking matter. And then he'll uh, land, and he'll be like, "You'll get a third medal of honor for this." He'll be like, "Give it to them." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. his third medal of honor. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, it's, it's the only way. There's, there's only one man. And uh, will somebody get this guy a goddamn glow stick? That's right. Who's the dude? <laughs> Dude's blue. Um, uh, all right, hit, hit me with your hit me with your segment. I have a segment, and uh, let me get the appropriate. We haven't done a segment in so fucking long. No, we haven't actually done a segment in a while. So okay. I think this calls for for this. Eh, I think it calls for this segment. Okay. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll, no. we'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. I can. I'll write it, and we'll do it live. Fucking thing sucks. <laughs> Five, four, three. Um, Yo, before you start, that was Biden. He was like, they were like, look, we're going to have to address this uh, pulling out thing. He's like, fuck it. We'll do it live. We'll just, just, fuck it. I'll write the thing. We'll do it live. And then the next day we were pulled out. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have a dickhead of the, I have a dickhead of the week. Right. Um. Do you know? I think you do, but I'm just asking the the rhetorical question to our listeners. Do you know who Callum von Magner is? He's the only person with the name Callum, and I can't remember. I can't remember what he did or who he did or why right. he did him. So basically, that's the fact that you don't even know who he is is part of the reason why he's the dickhead of the week. Callum von Magner is a Failed bodybuilder, and I'm I I just he's failed bodybuilder. You're happy he failed? Yeah, I'm happy he failed because the only reason anyone knows who Callum von Magner is is because about I don't know eight years ago now, a long time ago when he was mm-hmm. young, 
he had this uncanny resemblance to Arnold Schwarzenegger. Facial structure, he was a bodybuilder, uh, you know, and and he was always just trying to mimic him. He had the hair, he wore the short shorts like Arnold did in the 70s. He did all those things that Arnold did, and he was piggybacking off the fact that he looked just like Arnold. And that got him Instagram fame. Um, the guy could never win a fucking bodybuilding show because, let's face it, his physique is subpar at best, even though he went on all the gas and did all the fucking roids, whatever. This guy gets to the point where they made a film about Joe Weider, and he gets to play Arnold Schwarzenegger in the uh, film. That's how I know who he is. Right. Yep. This is Calvin Von Mugner. Guy's a fucking idiot. Thinks it's real cool to go spinning around on motorcycles and act like a bro all the time. Tears his bicep, um, trying to curl double like like curl deadlifting weight with a two people on a forty five pound bar. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Tears his bicep while he's recovering from his torn bicep. He decides that he's going rappelling off of a fucking mountain. Blows his quad, re tears his bicep. The guy's a fucking retard. Okay, sells t shirts. He's Australian. He sells T-shirts. He's got his T-shirt line, and that's how he's made his money and his whole living on simply looking like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Well, so you may ask yourself, why is he the dickhead of the week? Because I actually followed him on Instagram because I was fascinated by um, seeing how far down the rabbit hole he was going to tumble. Like, I literally said a couple years ago, I was like, I think this guy is a candidate for committing suicide in a few years. When he realizes that he's an absolute failure and and like this year he spiraled hard like he moved he sold his house he like trying to refine himself anyway this week if some of you don't know Arnold Schwarzenegger made a post or actually did an interview and in the interview he was talking about uh, basically being frustrated how we can't beat the virus because some people won't get vaccinated and other people won't wear masks and he was saying like He's saying like, you know, like people are like complaining, saying like that their freedoms are being taken away because they're being mask mandated. And in that he was going like, and Arnold Arnold Schwarzenegger literally said like, fuck your freedom, wear a mask, grow up, be part of the solution, not part of the problem. So Callum Von Magner, because he thinks he's somebody, got offended by this and went on his Instagram and like a little fucking baby was like, yeah, guys, I'm really disappointed. You know, I went to, I went, and he goes in his garage and he tears all his Arnold Schwarzenegger posters off the wall like a fucking 15 year old, and he puts them on a pile on the ground. He's like, I just can't support this man anymore. I can't follow in these footsteps. He's like, freedom first, freedom, freedom before anything. He's talking foolishness now, and I'm like going like, hey, Von Magner, why don't you go back to Australia where every time one single person gets COVID, they shut fucking lock down the whole country you want to talk about freedom Get yeah the fuck- i was about to say i dude i have so funny you said that i was just about to be like is he not from australia yeah well he doesn't live there i don't think anymore so well so- jesus christ like that is the most dictatorish fucking like they're out of their minds in australia yeah so so fuck this guy fuck you you know what it is you realize you're a fucking failure you realize nobody gives a shit about you anymore so now you're trying to do something incendiary to get more views and more follows and more people like you think any press is good press okay well you know what go fuck yourself 
because you're the dickhead of the week because you wouldn't even exist. No one would even know you exist if it weren't for Arnold Schwarzenegger existing. I I think it's funny that a grown man thought that just because this guy said something you don't agree with, you're going to like... I mean, you're already bad enough. You got his posters up all over the wall because you emulate him and your whole life revolves around this guy. But then you're going to go tear them down. I found out why I know him. I remember why I know him. Is I follow his smoking hot girlfriend and wife oh, on you, Instagram. No, X. I think she left his ass many times, many years ago. Oh, well, her name was Karina L. Yeah. I used to follow... I, I don't know if I still follow her or not. I haven't seen her pictures come up on my feed because um, I forgot about her. But I remember him from her posts. Uh, yeah. But I guess they're not together anymore. But she was a smoke show. Yeah, I just um, want to say this to Callum because I know you're listening. Um, you're fucking lost, okay? You're like a lost little child and you 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 you, you lost your blankie and sucking your thumb's not working for you anymore. So go fucking find yourself. You know what? You could have torn your little posters off your wall on your own time and gone and sucked your thumb in the corner because you don't agree with your hero. Guess what? You're not supposed to meet your heroes. But if I would love to see somebody go up to Arnold Schwarzenegger and be like, hey, did you hear what Callum Von Magner said about you? And Arnold just to go, who? Yeah, that, that, well, then Callum would kill himself. Well, I called that a couple of years ago. But anyway... That- that's funny. I, I had forgotten about that guy. I, I don't know if I ever knew his name except Callum, but I remember him from that, from that, uh, just from that, from her. But also, was he trying to be a like a like a bodybuilder, or was he just like a um? What, what's the yeah, level but underneath underneath bodybuilding? He's yeah. Physique? I think he's trying to do. I think he's trying to do a classic physique, but he can't win a show. He can't well, win a show. He just doesn't have the physique for it. He's got no lats. His pecs are subpar. I mean, he's got decent arms, but he blew his one bicep and he tore his quad. So now he's kind of like fucking, you know, he's come back pretty well from all that stuff. But like, he's never going to win a show. If he wins a show, it'll be some rinky-dink show that nobody cares about. Yeah, well, I I just, I was just saying that in this day and age, I mean, he could have competed in Arnold's time 40 years ago. Yeah, but like, if you literally put him against Arnold, he's the last, he's in last place. Arnold would have blown him off the goddamn stage. It's not even. Yo, here's a picture of Arnold and her together. That's hilarious. I hope Arnold fucked her. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Callum. (laughs) Guess what? (laughs) Somebody should send him that picture right now. Yo, how funny would that be if Arnold posted that picture? Hey, Callum. (laughs) Yo, that would be (laughs) fucking amazing. Guess where my hand is. <laughs> oh, oh my, my god. god that'd be fucking funny so anyway oh, that's that is so funny what a what a baby that's my dickhead of the week i actually i actually and i never do this because i just don't care enough i follow whoever just to see what's going on i unfollowed him because of that because i was like you're that big of a fucking baby like i don't want you to have followers so I, I think it's funny, though, that he, he had something to say about Arnold, but he didn't have anything to say. Has he been bitching about I, I imagine then he must have been bitching about his homeland. I don't know. I don't even know what he considers he himself anymore. But you know what's Who funny is no one, heard, 
No one heard him bitching about his homeland because that didn't involve the only thing in his life that anybody cares about. That's what I'm saying. He's looking Arnold. for, yeah, he's looking for, uh, he needs likes and attention and, and whatever press of some sort because he's a fucking failure at this point. He's not selling enough t-shirts. Uh, I'm, I've gotten over him. I'm just back to looking at her again. <laughs> She's yeah, half she's, French. Yeah, she, she I was going to say, uh, she's, she's part French. She's totally your speed. She, yeah, she looks French. Uh, she looks French. She's half French, half V and my knees. Oh, that's, that's all in your wheelhouse. Yeah. Dude, that's a fucking hanging curveball right out. Oh, my God. Right where? <laughs> 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 oh, Jesus. That's a good one. Way to bring back the segments, brah. Yeah, it needed to be done. It's been it far did. too long. In the uh, in this deep into the second hour. <laughs> oh, it is deep. What time are we even going? Like an oh, hour. Yeah, we're about to hit two. Yeah, but we were bullshitting for like six or seven minutes beforehand, so yeah. this is going to be less than two hours. Don't worry. But uh, but yeah, that's that's. I mean, we covered we covered the stuff we wanted to cover. Um, I, I I think that you know uh, the Menendez thing. That's a tough one. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm, am I wrapping the show up right now? Is that what I'm doing? I think you could wrap the show up, but why don't we just, this would be part two. We should just have to do two episodes. I mean, it's like two hours long. We did two basic topics and, uh, we, you had a nice segue there. So that, don't worry about how long it is. It'll be two, it'll be two parts. Segue. Segue. I mean, how am I going to, how am I going to splice this and then just what, throw something on the end and be like, Oh, join us next week for the continuation of this episode. Yeah, oh, I'm going to have to write Listen, some new music. God you know, forbid you have to write some new music. You know as well as I do <laughs> that we're probably not going to do another episode for months, so this two hours will hold them for a while. <laughs> no, that's what I mean. Split it in half and give them another one next week. Be like, oh, here's a new one. We'll see. We'll see if I feel like it. Um, right. But anyway, uh, yeah, I really would know, like to know what your guys' perspective is, guys and girls perspective is on the 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 menendez brothers thing all these years later because you know in my youth i I had the same opinion or same outlook on it as 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 uh as dell did because it was just like our parents going like horrible horrible burn them in hell everything those parents did for them and that's how they repay them yeah exactly so i mean it's interesting having the perspective of of looking back on it now um all these years later and I, I, I'm not saying that that means I'm a forgiving person. I just think that <laughs> I'm not. Um, but <laughs> um, but I, I, I just I'm not, have, it's not that I'm a forgiving person, but I mean, they didn't kill my parents. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, what's cool, too, is we're older now than our parents were when this happened. Um, I am. Yeah. Just a couple of years, though. Yeah. Well, just just by that's like how much wiser we are just by two years. Yeah, well, that's no, how much wait, wiser we are. Am I saying that right? No, 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 no. no I'm no. like three years older. No, I am. I have to think about this. My father was okay. Nine. No, I am a, a, the, the, almost exactly the same age. I could tell you're not as you're. You're about as mature as your dad was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I am older than my mom was though. But anyway, I digress. I want to know what you guys think about that. Uh, scenario and situation um, and also I guess I guess I care what you think about Afghanistan <laughs> that really wasn't a what do you think I mean whatever that's just I, I, I would like to really know it's really hard to give opinion on that because I mean what, what, you, it's it, nobody's happy with what's happening nobody's happy with the right. situation I mean it, it's just you're gonna have 
assholes it's a hard, on the right and assholes on the left who won't be objective about it. But I think for the most part, most people who are in the middle are going to look at it and be like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Well, I think it's it's terrible. I think it's one of those things where, like, if your house burned down because it got hit by lightning, there's, like, it's it's a total loss. And you look and you go, like, ah, we lost everything. Don't have any pictures. There's nothing that you can look at that situation and go, like, I feel good about this. You know? No, but there's always assholes. Like, say your house burned down because you left a hot plate near the curtains and then the whole That's, fucking thing burned down. And now, yeah, um, your house burned down and you're always going to have those assholes in a neighborhood being like, well, they shouldn't have been eating on a hot plate next to the curtains. It's like, fucking A, dude. All, All right, right, the whole neighborhood the burned fucking down. Fucking house, the fucking house. They don't have a house now. Can we get yeah. past the point that they made a mistake? They don't have a house. I guess I guess what I'm saying is, is that I think everybody in some way is sad or disappointed or frustrated with the situation. And it would be nice if we could all share in that uh, understanding that we're all upset about it in some kind of way rather than trying like everything else that the Americans in this fucking country do is trying to look for somebody to blame. Sure. There's a lot of things that could have been done different. There's probably a lot of things that could be done different right now. But I get, but you sitting on your fucking couch with the cheese doodles running down your shirt are not going to solve the problem. No. So I, shut the fuck up. I wish that we could go back and see Trump doing the same thing because a lot of the people, it, it would be the exact same amount of people. It would be just what color their tie is about who's pissed off and being critical of the administration. I'll bet you this would have got this, if not something else at this point. I mean, God. There's so much goddamn stuff, but he would have been impeached for a third time over this, probably some way, somehow. You know, well, or, yeah, because he kind of started the ball rolling about like how easy it was to get to impeach him. Um, it would have been a, one of those. It, it would have been absolute nonsense to try and impeach him over this. But like, you're right. But well, no, I mean, I mean like, like if he started dropping bombs over there, they'd oh, have been like, bombs. yeah. No, I'm saying yeah. if the same thing, if he if he had done no, the same yeah, thing, no, just no, pulled no. out and it's just yeah. this terrible situation, you'd have all these people with blue ties. Just talking about how this is the worst administration ever. Just like the people with the red ties being like, he's going to go down as the worst president ever. It's like, geez, people. He's, oh my he, God, he shut is, the fuck up. He is such a dumb fucking putz, though, that like earlier this week, he released a statement saying like, um, we need to get all these people out. All the people that, you know, helped us. Well, and He's quite a humanitarian. Oh, he, he made this great humanitarian statement saying like, because he thought Biden was failing on it. He's like, we need to get these people out. They helped us. It's important uh, to get them out of the country and, and help them. And then when he realized that his supporters were like, we, we don't want these fucking Muslims in our yeah, country. Exactly. He released another statement saying, I meant Americans with passports. America first is what he said. Dude. Like you fucking retard. I know, and and you know, only the worst of the worst people. I mean, even the most staunch righties that I know are saying, like, you know, dude, we need to open some borders. For, if any time, it's now. We yeah. need these fucking people over here. What are you yeah. talking about? What are you a monster? Yeah, let's not <laughs> let's not forget he started his whole uh, presidency on uh, a complete and total shutdown of Muslims entering the country. So yeah. you don't get to come I, back from that. Them. One. Actually, I yeah, think it was Afghanistan. Like literally, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, so shit. All right. the, well, the, you hey. mean the ones, the ones that stood, according to him, stood on the shores of Jersey and cheered when the towers fell because that also never happened. That he made that up. Oh wow. Um. But anyway, I digress. I would like to know what you think about all this, and also if you're a Kalaman Wagner fan, go fuck yourself. 
Um, <laughs> uh, you can write to us at with no due respect at gmail.com. You can um, jump in our DMs over there on Instagram at with underscore no underscore do underscore respect. You can twat us at WNDR podcast. You can um, still find us over there on the, um, the Reddit somewhere. Reddit, subreddit, subreddit, Reddit. Uh, at, uh, oh shit, I'm forgetting one. Is that WNDR podcast on Reddit? I think it is. That's the one I'm never on. Because we I, never I, use I, it, yeah. I gotta I'm, get the fuck on there. I'm now. pretty sure it's WNDR podcast on, on Reddit. And then, of course, ultimately, once we comb through all the fine details of this podcast, you can find pictures and information on the uh, blog at withnodurespect.blogspot.com. And Are you going to put a picture of Callum's girlfriend on the blogspot? Sure, why not? Nice, thanks. Uh, maybe the one with Arnold. <laughs> yes! <laughs> oh, man. All right, well, hey, that's all I got. That's all I got. We'll see you guys next time, whatever that is. For my whole life, I didn't know if I even really existed. But I do. And people are starting to notice. <laughs>